Welcome to Driven in Her Purpose. This is a show that brings women together, women who are answering God's calling in their lives every day and living in their purpose with confidence. I started this show with the purpose of bringing together a community of women who are dreaming, doing, and making an impact on the world using their talents, their gifts, and their life experience. I strongly believe that having a supportive and spirit-filled community is instrumental to starting and growing any business. I believe that women need to be united and lift each other up and help each other shine. With God as our guide, we can do anything. So are you ready to join us? Then let's do this together. Welcome back to another episode of Driven in Her Purpose. I'm Rosie Leonor, your host, and I'm so happy that you can join me today. Today, we are joined by a special guest. She has she is an author, self-published author, has written a book that I personally have been enjoying reading and has given me a lot of value. And I wanted to bring her onto the show to speak about her book, to speak about her future projects, and to also um, help uh, you and, and our listeners to um, maybe get some tips on how she self-published and the things that she's doing. So I'm really excited to have her with me. She is also our sister in Christ. So without further ado, thank you so much for being on my show. On my show. <laughs> and um, I'm happy to have you here. Uh, would you rather be called Jasmine or Jupsy? Uh, I'm not sure which, what, what would you prefer? What, what? Okay. Gypsy, thank you. Gypsy. Okay, awesome, Gypsy. Uh, yes, it's so good to have you. Um, so, well, I wanted to first, of course, start with an introduction. Just tell us um, a little bit about yourself. Thank you. And it's great to be here, by the way. Thank you for having me. Hey, once again, my name is Gypsy Jasmine. I am born and raised in Miami. I am of Haitian descent. And I am a research nurse. I work for the Florida International University in their research department of course, conducting research. And I'm also an author and a speaker. Awesome. awesome. And I'm also, and I'm oh, sorry, I'm also okay. <laughs> uh, the CEO of Untold Secret Beauty. Ooh, I love that. CEO, I love that. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, yes, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, so my first question, because this is a book and I'll, I'll kind of show it on the camera here. This is a book that I've been reading and I, I absolutely love it. Um, I'll let her tell you ladies about it, but tell us a little bit, first of all, what inspired you to write this first book? And then I'm going to ask you more about the book. So what inspired you to write this book? Aggravation. Aggravation, because the life is based on the decisions that we make. Hmm. And how we channel our frustration, how we channel our pain, how, you know, it's up to us. And I've always, this is actually not the first book that I attempted to write, but this is actually the first book that I actually, you know, followed through and published. And the reason why is because I was just so passionate about, you know, just being, like, just being open about how I really feel about society about you know just the way that not only the way that we're viewed but how we could do better like as individuals to overcome these things so the aggravation came but also it gave me it gave me purpose mm. awesome wow 
you know, that I, when I heard you say that word aggravation, I was like, wow, that is a strong word, but you know what? It makes a lot of sense, especially as I read this book. So I, I'd like for you to tell us what is this book about? First of all, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say the title of the book because it's, it's right here. Um, the title of this book, it's an amazing book. It's called an, the untold, let me show it here. If you're watching this on video, you can see this. The Untold Secret of Her Beauty, A Story of Desperation to Inspiration. All right. So we'd love to know. Tell us a little bit more about this book. Yes. So there are many women in the Bible that I couldn't written about. Throughout the Bible, we read about other women who are being pursued, loved, cared for, being described as beautiful. For example, we have Queen Esther. But Leah, Leah was in a class all by herself. Mm. She was considered unattractive and unloved. She stood out to me because she was a victim of attractiveness discrimination. Wow. Something that we don't often talk about, but many of us have personally experienced. Absolutely. As women, we are designed to be pursued romantically by men. Therefore, being overlooked by the opposite gender could lead to feelings of inadequacy. Leia represents unconventional beauty because she was beauty beautiful in her own unique way. Mm. Wow. And that was the reason why I wanted to write the story. Wow. Mm. Tell us a little bit about, more about Leia in the story. What are some of the things that you... Um, bring out in her that perhaps we, um, and, and I, I can tell you me personally, um, maybe may not have had insight before. What insight do you give into her life in this book? Thank you. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Many, in, like many people, for example, me, I've known the story of Leia since I was young. Mm -hmm. And Leia to me was like, oh my gosh, you know, poor Leia. However, when I dive deeper into her story and under, get a deeper understanding of her purpose, because I realize God made no mistake. And especially if she's in the Bible, there has to be something about her that makes her stand out. And Leah just became like this unsung hero mm. because she... Many of us believe that she wasn't loved. Mm -hmm. Yes, she wasn't loved by Jacob, mm. but who Jacob, who represents conditional love, mm. but she was loved by God, who provides abundant, unconditional love. She, when compared to Rachel, she was considered unattractive. Yeah. But her characteristics, when we study about Leia, we see that her beauty was from within. Mm. And Leia did something that was very, very magnificent, magnificent. It was actually like the turning point. As we read her story, we see how she, you know, just every child, every time she gives birth to a child, it's like she's begging, you know, she's seeking validation and fulfillment. But she 
did something different on the at the um, when she gave birth to her fourth child. Mm. And we find that in Genesis 29, verse 35, in the new um the new international version, which I'll read very quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, please. It <laughs> says that she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time, I will praise the Lord. So mm-hmm. she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. And in life, we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. And we want to belong. And she wasn't getting that. In the midst of her heart heart being broken, being deceived and everything, she did something that was very magnificent, which is she made a decision. Mm. She made a decision that she's going to stop chasing what I like to say, and it's a quote in the book, stop chasing after rhinestones, position yourself to receive your diamond. Wow. And she made that decision when she said, this time, I will praise the Lord. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. That is, that is so inspiring um, just to see that because um, I do know that, you know, so many of us go through um, different things in our life, you know, and, and definitely when, you know, when you talk about how she was, and as I, and as I've been reading your book and something that I noticed, and I never really personally, I never really, um, I mean, I knew Leah was the unattractive wife and I, I definitely knew that part it was clear it's clear in the bible but uh i i just you know to me personally i never really took time to try to gain insight into that you know and and i feel like you do such a great job of doing that in your writing like you just paint this detailed picture of leah's heart of leah's pain of leah's suffering um and then you know, in the end, she does give glory to God. She does dedicate, you know, her son, her, her last born to God. And, and um, it's almost like this surrender, right? You know, having a, a challenging life, um, never really being loved. She loved her husband so much and he just didn't love her like he did uh, Rachel. And so um, just that, that must have, oh, I, I just can't even imagine feeling second best, feeling second class, um, you know, for, for if, if there's young, a younger generation listening to us, you know, um, if, if you ever feel, especially the younger women, and, and it happens to all ages, but I, I feel like, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I work with middle schoolers, and I have middle school girls in my class, and, and I, just, I just see it, I see this insecurity in their looks, and the social media, the pressure, and looking good, and I remember growing up also like that, and just feeling like, um, I, I never really liked me until I got to college and then I started liking me better, but even not then 100%. I feel like all of us kind of can, you know, we'll find little faults, you know, like I, I hated my forehead. Like it was so, I'm like, oh, I have such a big forehead and I hated my knees and my legs and I hate it because I'm, I'm a little bit bow-legged. So I hated that, you know, <laughs> and, and then I hated, um, and then I had this kid who bullied me like in sixth grade who called me names and then we had to go, his parents, my parents spoke to his parents and they pretty much straightened him out but <laughs> um but that was really tough you know calling me names um, based on my appearance and and I so 
so when I was reading this book, I literally remembered that about my childhood. And I was like, wow, you know, the, the, the way that sometimes people can make us feel it's so hurtful. And, and, um, and Leia had that, but just to really see, um, her heart, you know, her perseverance in that has, has been so encouraging for me. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that you've been sharing, you've shared that in this book. And I know there's a lot more to it. I haven't finished reading it yet, but, um, I just, I just love it. I was so drawn. I was so drawn when I was reading it. You're, you're, oh, wow. you're, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for also sharing your experience to, I, I believe all of us can relate to, to some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, just to get a little more personal, how do you personally relate um, in the book or how do you personally re relate to the book? If you can describe that a little bit more. And um, also, um, how do you feel this book can impact or and or encourage other women? So how do you relate to it and how do you feel it can impact and encourage or has already? I know me, I'm one of them, um, impacted or encourage other women. My natural hair, I have to say, growing up, because I have, as you can see in the picture, that's mm -hmm. my hair. Um, I, I've always had long, thick, coarse hair. And for the longest time, and this is before the natural hair movement, it was really hard to even find products for my hair. And people would often tell me that they would look at my hair with disgust, like, oh my gosh, you know, you need to perm your hair. Hmm. And it's my hair, my type of hair was considered bad hair. Hmm. And I needed to perm my hair in order to conform and, and have something that looks like good hair. Hmm. So as a, early on, is like this feeling of something is wrong with me and I need fixing. Wow. And that, you know, that continues and just snowballs because mm. then you go, you know, went to middle school and then I went to high school, you know, and then it's like others and, but, and I finally did perm my hair. I perm my hair in high um, college. I, I perm my hair in college mm -hmm. because someone told me, because I used to love my platinum braids. And someone told me that ethnic braids are not professional. Mm. Wow. And I permed my hair. I had my hair permed for a few years. And I looked in the mirror one day. My hair was straight, straight, straight. And I'm like, that's not me. That doesn't, it doesn't represent me. And you know what I did? What? I chopped it off. I chopped all my hair off. Wow. And I started over. And it was not easy, you mm. know, going through all the way, you know, just watching, waiting for my hair. It takes a lot of patience, you know, for my hair to grow back mm. and just, but I had to do it. And I felt good. I felt good doing it because now I could be myself. But that was a decision. I made that decision that I'm going to love, embrace who I am because there is no one like me. And this is something that, because for women, our physical appearance is considered our greatest 
asset. So there's so much more pressure on women to look a certain way than the opposite gender. Therefore, you see, in fact, I, and I have it in the book as well, about 96% of women, it was according to a, a Dove, um, a research conduct, conducted by Dove, about 96% of women do not consider themselves beautiful. And I believe that was in 2010, it was a research that was released from 2010. Wow, wow. Yet, the beauty industry is about like the fourth largest industry. So there is an imbalance. How come we have all of these products out there, mm. but we still don't feel beautiful? Mm. Wow. So it's not the products, it's us. Wow. And until we, each of us, you know, make a decision, make a decision to embrace us, you know, you talk about you, you having a big forehead. I was called a five head. Mm. You know, but my comeback was that's because I have a lot of brain and it has to fit in there. That's right. But, <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> and that's how I personally related to Leia's because when I read about Leia, I felt like I, I felt like Leia. You know, and I was like, I know how that feels to be overlooked because I don't meet a certain standard. I know how that feels. But am I going to just sit back and complain and be bitter? Look at all of the different movements out there these days. For example, like the natural hair movement. It takes boldness, but it takes, first of all, a decision. And I keep going back to, to the decision because life is based on the decisions that we make to decide to just complain and or could decide that no I I'm not gonna take this and this is what I encourage women so in my book aside from you know I wrote this because of aggravation but also I wrote this book to inspire women and it will impact women and change lives because I'm empowering women to make a decision to embrace who they are and give birth to greatness. Your situation doesn't have to change, but your mind does. And when your mind changes, everything follows, but you have to first make that decision. And this is why I wrote this book. And this is how I am impacting women, challenging women to make that decision. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I, I think, um, and, and, you know, just for sharing that about yourself, because I know it's, it's never easy to kind of talk about, you know, your weaknesses, but when you put yourself out there like that, for example, the story of your hair, you know, and, and how you just, you just had enough. You were like, you know what, I'm going to start all over again. Like after trying to conform to society or whatever was popular at the time, and then you just don't feel like it's you you did the right thing you know it was hard you know you chopped off your hair and that was tough but you did the right thing because at the end of the day we really have to be who we are and God, that's what God calls us to be is who he meant us to be who he, who he made us to be now it's not to say obviously you know we can nothing wrong with putting on a little makeup you know getting dressed up and whatnot and that's fine because those things can can help bring out our our beauty that's already there sure there's nothing wrong with that but to to try to change something about you because you're not feeling like you're perfectly made that's i don't think that's correct because god has made you and i perfectly and so i'm so grateful that you shared that story and that you know you you had the courage to do what you needed to do um you know and take that step forward that you did personally and i and i do also feel like that this book um will and, and probably is already, I'm sure, impacting many women. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, so next thing, uh, question I wanted to ask you, I know that you have another book that was published that you co-authored, and this book is called Hell Started at 24. That's an interesting title. I haven't started reading that one yet, but um, I would like to, if you could just tell us a little bit more about this book that you um, co-authored and what is it, uh, what role did you play in, in, in writing or co-authoring this book? Yes, Hell Story at 24. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I, so Kathleen, who's the first author, Kathleen Sinclair, mm -hmm. we've known each other back in nursing school, first semester of nursing school, and she was sharing with me a um, series of events that took place when she was younger. And I remember the conversation I had with her. I'm like, wow, one of these days, you're going to have to write a book. And fast forward 10 years later, about 10 years later, she, when I published my first book, she read it and she, was, and she called me and she was like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to write this book and I need you to come on board. She said, okay. And then she asked me to, because of my research and background, she asked me to provide the research for the book. And I'm like, okay. So what the book is about is Kathleen's life when she turned 24. Suddenly, tragedy started and created a whole domino effect. And that's why it's called Health Story at 24 because exactly on her birthday, well, right before her birthday, but exactly on her birthday, a series of tragedies started. And it was incredibly difficult. Many people would have never overcame, you know, that, what she went through. Therefore, I enjoyed working with her because in the midst of, and one of the quotes I have in, in that book is, in the midst of hell's fiery fire, there's the dove of hope. And I talk about the dove of hope. 
H's situation, as she talks about the events that took place, I identify the mental health disorders that are associated in those scenarios. Mm -hmm. Because many times, because there's a, there's a lot of stereotypes involving, because we're both, Kathleen and I are both for nurses, and we know the stereotypes, the, the you know, people who doesn't want, like, who think that mental health looks a certain way. Yeah. In reality, any of us could be going, could be having mental health or um, situations, situations, and, but we don't know how to first identify it because, oh, well, you know, mental health disorder look like this, and I'm not, I don't look like this. And it's not exactly true. And that's the reason why Kathleen wrote about her life because as a professional advanced practitioner nurse, you would not think that she experienced many or any of these mental health disorders, but she did because she's human and we're human. Therefore, the purpose of this book was to bring mental health awareness and education to people's homes and get people and we also have resources where like after reading this book or where to go for um, you know to seek mental health counseling and whatnot because it's important our mental health is important mm -hmm. and it's time that we you know understand what it looks like and know where to go that's so true. Wow. It is so true. Um, and we're, we're seeing so many more needs even arise uh, after this, during and after the pandemic, both in all ages, all categories, people that probably, I might personally, I've felt um, even more, you know, anxiety that I've never felt before. Um, crazy. It's just like, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it has really affected and, and so many times, you know, what we go through in our youth affects us as well or experiences or grieving over changes or losses and so much. Um, and so just to bring that awareness throughout this book, through this book is so important. So I'm, I'm really grateful that you and Kathleen was able, were able to, to write this book um, and put it out there for people. So that, that's awesome. That's an awesome, I applaud you both for that. And just, um, you know, your experiences in the medical field as well, and giving your expertise and your insight as well, um, I'm sure is very valuable. So thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, I understand you self-publish your books, you, you, you use self-publishing. So can you tell us a little about, about your personally, your experience self-publishing your books? Yes. Self-publishing enables you to have more autonomy versus traditional publishing. Mm -hmm. You set your own prices, you set your own timelines, you decide you know, where you want, how and where you want to market your own book. It, it's just, you know, give you the a level of autonomy that you wouldn't have had you gone, like, you know, had I gone to a traditional publisher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, you know, self-publishing takes, you have to know, you have to know what to do. And this is where 
um, like I put when I publish, I publish, I self publish my first book, the book that I co-authored with Kathleen. I also um, self publish it through my company, and helping her, and you know, also helping other people, and showing them the steps of what it takes to self publish, and once they learn it, like once I walk them through it and they learn it, they know it. And if they want to you know, self-publish outside of my company just for themselves later on, they're free to do so. Cause I, you know, I'm not, I'm very transparent and, and um, there's nothing to hide. Just giving them that resource. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And do you feel that um, in your personal experience, um, was it difficult? Was it easy? Is it not as, as bad as people think? I know some people get a little bit like, oh no, self-publishing is tough. Like, what do you, what did you personally feel about that experience as far as the level of difficulty and what you had to go through? The publishing part was easy for me. Mm -hmm. The marketing part was the I'll say at first was the challenging, almost challenging, because then I had to become a saleswoman. Right. <laughs> yeah, I hear, I've heard that more than one place about marketing, especially with books. <laughs> yeah, for yes, sure. Yes, yes. It's all about marketing, marketing, putting yourself out there and getting people yeah. to, to, you know, um, know who you are, know your book, know your book is out there. Mm -hmm. And that was the part like you know I that's the part I had to really learn how to do and yeah it took that took time yeah I, I'm sure and I'm I'm sure that what you've learned and what you've learned you can now help others which is um why I noticed um I think recently you started uh a business where you're helping others to self-publish am I correct that you're you're starting to help others yes. correct awesome yes. so um so how can people connect with you um and so that they could actually if they want to reach out to you and speak to you what what is the some ways uh, that, that we can connect with you how can we contact you and things like that and I'll I'll also be sure to put in the show notes but let us know how how can we connect with you further yes I help women through my company, Untold Secret Beauty Publishing. And okay. through the company, um, I we pretty much walk the women through from how to write the story. Like we don't write it for them, but just you know, provide guidance mm -hmm. because there is a strategy behind it. And also right. from you know, writing a story to publishing it and in effort and I support them um, even after that if needed. And now this month is Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. and yes. <laughs> it's, and it's interesting now on your, on, your, on your podcast too because women's history is not just a thing of the past. Mm. It's a continuation. Mm -hmm. We are all a part of human um, of women's history and storytelling is one of the oldest form of communication yeah without storytelling there would not be inspiration and storytelling itself help us to connect therefore in untold secret beauty publishing i help women bring the story to life you know, taking the 
ugly and making something beautiful out of it. And I say ugly because you know I inspire women to take that part of their life that was challenging, mm-hmm. write about it so that it could inspire other women, how they overcome, you know, because all our, all our stories matter. Yeah. And the way they could connect with me, I am on Instagram, mm-hmm. untold underscore secret underscore beauty. My email is info at untoldsecretbeauty.com, which is it's just untold secret beauty is one word. So info at untoldsecretbeauty.com. And then my website, they go check out my website, which is untoldsecretbeauty.com and sign up for my newsletter. If you want to know more about, you'll see other things that I'm doing, but if you want to know more about the publishing aspect, when you get on the website, just click on the publishing tab, the tab that says publisher, and it will um, show you exactly, you know, what is that we're doing? And if you like to know more information about it, when you scroll down, there'll be just a little bit questionnaire just to get to know you. And then, you know, from there, the women could schedule, well, could connect with me and we could Mm -hmm. schedule like some one-on-one um, discovery call where we could talk about what is it that they need how can I support them mm-hmm. what is it that they need so there's three ways three ways they could they could connect with me is on Instagram it's via email or directly through my website awesome awesome that's amazing. So ladies, be sure to connect with her. Um, and um, my last question I always like to end the show with is, what is your favorite or one of your favorite scriptures? Yes, my favorite scripture is found in Habakkuk 2 verse 2, which reads, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readed it. I enjoy this scripture because God is giving us a, and as author, as an author, you know, I am, right when I wrote my book, that was in a way me obeying the scripture write the vision. The vision that I see is that, you know, through my book, you know, through my company and through the publishing, everything is to bring women together, is to promote beauty, diversity, and inclusion, you know, help women who feel like they were underrepresented to, you know, bring yourself out there and do something great, find a purpose. And by doing that, I wrote my book. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's a great scripture. Thank you so much. And um, Gypsy, I'm, I'm so grateful that you were able to, to be here and uh, to accompany us today. Uh, you have given, I think, a lot of value to all of us and, um, I, I definitely appreciate you from the moment you you wrote your first book to the second co-authoring the second book, which seems to be pretty amazing as well. 
Thank you for telling us that story of Leah. Thank you for sharing with us your personal story. Thank you for the encouragement and the inspiration that you bring to all of us through your book and also now through your company, which you're helping uh, women who want to get started and share their story. I strongly believe that every single one of our stories can really make a difference. And um, and we we need to share it one, one way or another. Uh, and so, you know, don't be afraid to share your story. If you've been wanting to write uh, your story, if you've, if you've been curious about um, authoring, or, you know, becoming an author and doing something similar to what um, Gypsy has done, um, please reach out to her. Uh, she is an amazing person and she's a woman of integrity. And she is uh, someone that I think would be just, uh, just bring you a lot of um, inspiration and encouragement in the journey that you um, are, are on with your, for those who are, are wanting to write um, your book. So definitely reach out to her. And thank you so much, um, Gypsy, again, for being on this show. I'm so grateful to have you and to have you here with me. Thank you, Rosie. It is a pleasure. It's great to be here. I appreciate you. Thank you for reading my book. And, you know, just, it's been great. And I enjoyed the conversation tonight. I did too. Thank you so much. And ladies, I will see you in the next one. Hey, sister, real quick. If you received any encouragement from this podcast, the best way you can thank me is by going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. The more reviews that are on the podcast, the more women that can be reached so that they can also be encouraged and inspired as they dream and do for the glory of God, just like you. May God bless you and guide you as you pursue and grow your God-given dreams.